Let me take a couple seconds. We'll talk about Anchor. Are you like me and you've thought about trying a podcast for a while? Either you just like talking into a microphone or you got something to say you just want to let out into the world or, you know, you've always wanted to do something with a friend. Okay. Anchor's the way to go. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. So you know it's definitely in your budget. I know money to get going can be an issue. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Really make it pretty easy peasy, which if you're like me and you don't know what you're doing, it's right in your wheelhouse. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more outlets. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It really doesn't get any simpler. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. And we are up, and welcome to the Road Show. I am your host, Rich Levesque, and today we are blessed to have the wonderful Dre Mella joining us. Pleasure to have you. Hello, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. This is going to be super fun. I've been looking forward to this. Absolutely. And just off the top, just want to remind you all that you're doing the best you can today with what you have to work with. Whether it feels like it or not, you are enough and you matter. Please take extra special care of yourself today and every day. On Beacon Roadshow, everything is intended to come back to this message, to wrap around this message, because ultimately, we're all doing our best to be our best and to be seen and heard, both by ourselves and by the world around us. Goal for the show is to honor that by speaking of how that works for us and how it can look. It's as individual as we all are. And we'll share stories of how we're navigating these journeys. We'll also talk about skills and tools that are available to help us along in our journeys. And that's the thing. There's no one way for anything. We each have to find what works for each of us. And in our own ways and on our own terms. Like all things, treat this like a buffet table. Remember those? I miss those. My belly doesn't. <laughs> you know, take what clicks, leave the rest, and however you come about finding this little corner and however you use it, it's an honor to have you here. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a second and I'm going to introduce Dre. Dre is a professionally trained coach, certified Reiki master, and Akashic Records practitioner. They are an expert transformation coach, helping adults who feel overwhelmed explore their spiritual path and connect with their cosmic zen so they can experience more success in life. Dre has been a coach for over 10 years. One of the things they are passionate about sharing with their clients is breaking free from the conditioned thinking that was placed upon you throughout your life. 
This shedding of layers through spiritual exploration and healing is personal for Dre. They have done the work they teach you. Dre was diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexia, and their journey in traditional education left them with a lot of scars and things to heal that weren't true. Dre believed they were dumb for so many years. Those messages totally prohibited Dre from having the success they wanted. That is why Dre is here to help adults who feel overwhelmed learn ways they can truly connect with their inner wisdom for a more successful life. Now, before we get going, I want to talk about unsubscribe for a little bit. Yes. Um, you know, tell me, tell, tell us what that is. And... <laughs> um, I'm super excited about it. It is. Can I talk a little bit about why it's here? I would love for you to talk about why it's here. <laughs> um, so in. 2018. I have to go back. It, this is like you gotta know the backstory, otherwise. You see, you're speaking my language here because when I talk, there's always a side story, a backstory, a front story, a north story, and a south story. So right? go for it. You gotta. I mean, it's all relevant. <laughs> exactly. Um, so in 2018, I had another version of this business. I started it in 2017. And I ended up in 2018 homeless and pregnant and on my way to bankruptcy. And I was in a place where I was just, I felt pretty shitty about life. I was feeling pretty worthless. I was feeling unlovable um and in some really like dark dark places and you know think like i would have like little wins here and there and that was great but it was just like i couldn't hit my stride there was something that was there um and it was just it kept holding me back and every time i would go to do something i would tell myself like oh this is just gonna fail um, even though like I was holding so much space for my clients and the people in my life and people would say, you're such an inspiration to me on the inside and behind the scenes, I was like falling apart. And so we get to 2019 and I really hit a dark night of the soul. Like literally my ceiling caved in. And like from a rainstorm, I lived in California at the time. And from a rainstorm, my ceiling fell down literally on all my stuff. And I knew that like I needed to do something. And so it wasn't, I knew it, <laughs> but the doing it was not easy. <laughs> and so that the ceiling fell down, it took me like down a really dark spiral. And yet again, I was in another dark night of the soul. And in March, 2019, I decided to actually go off social media because social media for me is like, can be um, a double-edged sword. And so I went off of social media. I kind of was in this, you know, place of just becoming the floor. Um, you know, every day, like, what am I doing? I don't know. Where am I going? 
and really like existential type of crises and all the questions like that you ask yourself like why am i here what am i meant to do what is my purpose and so i'm part of the floor and i'm inching toward claiming bankruptcy and i get to may 2019 my court date to go file like you know where you have to show up and file and say that you who this person is and all that so i get to that court date and i'm sitting in there and i literally walked out of court to parrots like i can't make this shit up i walk out of i walk out of court and there's like a flock of parrots following me down the road and i i'm like this means something my husband and i are like this means something parents don't just show up like that that is not a thing you see outdoors unless there's like some sort of a jailbreak in a pet store right and I, and we were like this is something this means something so i got home and i looked it up what do parrots mean and it was speaking toward like um you know, I, I saw it also as using my voice. So my interpretation of it was you need to use your voice. Spirit was like divinely guiding me to stand up, get up, get up off the floor. Talk about your experiences. You are not the only one out here who has lived this. And it doesn't mean anything about you. You're not a bad person. And so all the things that I was telling myself was really like, you know, I knew I was headed toward that bankruptcy and it was my rock bottom. It was the place, you know, you think homeless and pregnant would be your rock bottom, but apparently <laughs> I had more depths to go down into. And it really was this place of just complete surrender. That's the only way I can describe it was like me becoming part of the floor was not necessarily giving up though at some moments it felt like that it was really a deep surrender to like i need help i need guidance and so the day that i filed for bankruptcy was the day that i really started to the parrots <laughs> the signs um i started to get a lot of intuitive guidance um and so unsubscribe was born so I walked myself through this 30 day process um, that just helped me to unsubscribe from all the things I was telling myself, all these conditioned thoughts, these things that, you know, my parents told me or their parents told them or my teachers told me or, you know, things that everybody's doing the best that they can with what they have. And sometimes we're, when we're not healing our own pain and our own trauma, we're passing it on to other people. And so this was like my opportunity to really go within and, and heal and heal through these stories and heal through this, you know, super rough time. <laughs> That's amazing. Like you've hit on so many different important points um uh one you know particular like you know having to just kind of step away from everything stepping off of things like social media and you hit that double-edged sword 
And it really is because it's one of those things. It's a vehicle and it's a tool. Yeah. Um, a lot of times we use it where, you know, like we use a lot of things. We were wired to use everything as a comparison. Yes. Yes. Oh, are and we to define us. Than, yes. Yeah. And even if we, you know, streamline our pages so that we can remove a lot of the things that trigger us, we still, because that's just kind of how the brain works. It yeah. works like we don't, it doesn't, the mind doesn't deal in absolutes. It deals in reference points. It doesn't deal with you're doing amazing because you did A, B, C, D, and E. It compares you to your cousin, or it compares you to your siblings, or it compares you to your peer, you know, that person that you were, you know, rivals with in high school back 20 <laughs> years ago. That's just how it works. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and, and when we're in that place of that deep comparison, we're not looking authentically at who we are and what we have to offer. And oftentimes it leads us to these places of looking through the windscreen, the windshield of like where we want to go rather than looking in the rear view mirror at what's behind us and what we've already accomplished. Cause you like, we've all accomplished so much. I have, you have everybody watching, like we all have done something um, and more than something, a lot of things. And we forget sometimes like I sit like in that place where I was just looking through the windscreen, I wasn't thinking about like, I was, you know, how I was a teen parent and the first generation college student and somebody who went to, on to get their master's degree and was, you know, juggling different jobs and had like such a determination to go where, like I had places to go um, and all the things that, you know, I wanted to create in my life and that I've created. And when you're looking through the windscreen of where you want to go, sometimes you forget about all that stuff that you've like kicked ass in. It's true because what's whatever happened, we tend to focus on, you know, the times when we were, you know, our balloons were burst and we were deflated. We think about, you know, the time we, you know, didn't make the cut to the baseball yeah. team. Or we think of the time we got, you know, you know, rejected. And we think about the time that, you know, and, you know, it, it can be even, you know, now as adults, that's kind of what we go through. Um, you know, I can, you know, speak for myself. I, you know, I started a podcast and did like a whole bunch of, you know, posts and I have all kinds of content cranking. I probably had the best week for content I've had in God knows how long. And then my mind is still talking about how somebody basically told me I was a bum earlier in the week. And, you know, it makes no sense because it's not even, you know, it has yeah. not, ultimately we, we don't understand that that stuff has nothing to do with us. No. And, and I was, you know, it's so funny you use that word too, because I was, and because I associate that with lazy mm -hmm. and I, and that's like a number one thing that a lot of people were called when they were younger. And I was called that too. And it triggers in us 
Like we have these little spots in us where you can push the little buttons and it takes you right back to those memories, to those like trauma moments, to, you know, the different parts of our brain that are holding on to that. And, and if you do have a traumatic experience around that, then your memories aren't contained in like one place. Like, so you get triggered and by things that you don't even know you're going to get triggered by. And for me, like that happens so often. Um, but that word lazy, um, is one that, oh boy, that triggered me <laughs> so much as, um, and it still kind of does, you know, and I still kind of hear it as a parent, like in my own brain and my own language of, you know, my daughter was laying in her bed like a queen yesterday while I was vacuuming. And I heard my voice first. Good thing I know now to like wait a second before I yeah. do. <laughs> but I heard it in my head where I was like, oh, she's being lazy. And I caught myself like I didn't say those words five years ago. Me probably would have spewed that unhealed trauma but because like i'm paying attention now and i'm listening oh wow oh my gosh where did that come from and i was like she's just laying there like a queen like this is you know in some level I'm like this is great <laughs> um and it goes back to it probably triggers back to some point where you were probably laying there like a queen too and somebody had some you know smart ass thing to say about that Absolutely. Absolutely. Like where I was actually like doing what I needed to do for myself or like taking care of yourself. Right. And, <laughs> and just laying there like a queen. But if we do that, you're like, you know, you get slapped with that. Oh, you're lazy. Or for me too, like with ADHD, I would have so many unfinished products and unfinished projects that my parents would be like, Oh, you're just lazy. Like you, and I, you know, I wasn't diagnosed as a kid, so I didn't know like until I was an adult and I was like, that makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. I can, let me talk you through it. And you know, this might, I think this may resonate with you because that a lot of times as a kid, that was my, process my brain was you know spinning at like you know 90 miles an hour about which thing am i supposed to do or i might not know necessarily what the next step was and you know in a lot of mine it was always expected that i'm just supposed to know right and you know there was that you know the anxiety around it there was a fear of screwing it up there was that need where i just wanted to just hide and all these things were going on in my head. And the thing, and you know, you can probably, if you look really carefully, you can see the smoke coming out. Yes. <laughs> what was, but what it presented itself to was, was me sitting there, like watching TV or playing video games or whatever it was that I was zoning out on when yeah. what was actually happening within was anything but. Yeah. Oh, totally. And, and like, that those things can sometimes be like the self-care that we actually need to to turn the dial down on our brain you know like the coping mechanisms that we develop like throughout our lives um because of the the way that our brains work you know it's 
our brains are a little bit different um, in the ADHD realm because it's just, it's wired differently. So we feel emotions really, really big and for longer than other people. And like, that's the thing for me, like when I get excited or when I get sad or when I feel like I'm, there's something that I need to defend, that's like a past version of me. But like the, when I felt that as a kid, Oh, it was my inner critic would go wild, like just wild. And you started to, like, you could see those moments where I started to attach the story to myself. Like, oh, that's what this means. That must be like, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. And people don't like me. It's like mm-hmm. the opposite of the SNL Jack Handy. Yeah. <laughs> I see that with a mirror now. (laughs) Right. And, you know, what happens is you kind of, you know, we judge us, we learn to judge ourselves with that. And then kind of as we go forward, you know, it starts becoming really hard to, you know, stay in that within ourselves. So we lash out and we project ourselves on others. We start, you know, with the if, this than that you know yeah. if somebody has a you know a, oh god you're seeing that you know like crazy now because you know it's you know always been there it's just you know with the way the world's kind of going now it's like it's on steroids you start seeing <laughs> oh somebody posts this one thing oh they must be this 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 and this and then next yeah. thing you know you're just attacking them for you know whatever thing you took it three steps ahead and then it turns into like this whole dog fight. And then when in the end, you're just trying to like, you're trying to hear yourself, but you can't because you're kind of, you're blocked with all these old stories. Yeah. And now your old story and their old story are having like this street fight match in the middle of a comment page. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Yes. And I think like that's happening so often now. You're so right on that if then else, like the computer programming. And in some ways, like we are, we're programmed, right? Like this is, we need to upgrade our system. We need to upgrade our operating system because the way we're operating right now is not in a way that is going to lead us to anything good. Like we really are. I mean, that sounds so ominous, but if we stay on that path of just constant judgment of other people, we're, it's because we're judging ourselves. Like if you have a healthy relationship with you and you love yourself, you start to make different decisions. In exactly. my opinion. <laughs> and my that, humble opinion. <laughs> and it gets hard because, you know, people will get defensive on this because you know, they're so walled up with these yeah. other experiences that it's impossible for them to see. And you know what? I experienced this still myself. There's things that, you know what? My blinders are still there at different levels. No. I don't have this extra special level or anything like that. It's just, no. I know I have them, you know, because I've, you know, been grateful to have people around me that kind of are able to see, like, um, rich. 
So you kind of get that blessing of being able to have yeah. people around that kind of can see that or else, you know. Life, life is like a true teacher. Like we, like if people aren't around you, then your life will help guide you in that way because it just, it always happens. Like I've seen it with my students, you know, I've, I've been teaching for almost 20 years as well, in addition to coaching. And so I see it all the time in like the kids I work with where I'm like, well, I see what's going on for them and, and life is becoming their teacher. And if, you know, of course, like holding compassion, being a compassionate person and deeply caring for my clients and my students, being able to hold that space while they find their solution rather than like me giving them, oh, this is like, that's the thing about my program is that and all the programs that I create and all the work that I do is you're the expert on your life. I, I know some things and I can hold the space for you, but I don't know everything. I'm not 100% healed. I'm still a human being in this human experience trying to figure it all the fuck out. <laughs> um, and we then, all are, whether we admit it to ourselves or not. Absolutely. And you, we all have gifts and we all have ways in which we can help the world and help, you know, the people in our lives or your, or ourselves. And that's the thing. It's like tuning into what is your greatest gift and and really, you know, just peeling off the layers that are covering that up. And um, I think there was like an old 80s movie. Was it One Crazy Summer where they had the boat and it was like all covered up and it was like really I and then they had was, to stand uh... it down. I don't know. I think it was. Um, I got to go back into the Rolodex because that's what I don't think I've seen that movie in its entirety since I was probably in high school. So yeah. we're going back almost 30 years. I don't know I, why that movie just came up. <laughs> but it's like this old boat, right? Like we all have an old boat that we're like, we can, you know, maybe it's not the best, maybe it's not the best looking boat right now, but we can fix it up and then we can use it as our vehicle to, you know, go to the places we want to go to. It's not about being perfect. It's just about, you know, finding your purpose and fulfillment and the things that are going to, you know, make you want to get up in the morning. And for me, it was what is going to help me to want to get up off the floor, like to stop being one with the carpet. <laughs> I hear that. Even if it's a really comfy carpet, at some point you start getting burns and it's, it's trying right. to get up. It's itchy. It starts to like indent yeah. into your skin. It gets uncomfortable down there. Now, you know, and kind of in my vision, you know, it's, you know, all these things, you know, all, you know, the way, you know, sticking with the boat analogy, you know, the methods of fixing the boat, the ideas of how it would look like, and all that stuff. I think. We all already have that, you know, kind of like you were alluding to. It's already here. Yeah. It's just sometimes it's just so, you know, so much different stuff all around it that accumulates over through the years that it's hard to find. And, you know, it feels like to me, uh, you know, really good coaching 
Um, you know, I'm not a coach. I don't play one on TV, but I've you know been coached and I know a lot. You know, I've got a lot of friends in the coaching field. And from what I've picked up on that is a good coach isn't going to tell you how to do things. They're not going to impose their way onto you. They kind of, you know, they kind of work as, you know, in some cases a mirror and they can yeah. kind of be like, you can kind of, kind of see yourself in that thing. And also I think as a spotlight, like a flashlight, they'd be able to yeah. you know, kind of look around and be like, that thing over here. <laughs> we might want to look here for a second. <laughs> yeah. And I, and then ultimately it comes down to, it is the work of, you know, the client or the, Oh yeah, for sure. You know, if the client's not on board, it doesn't matter if they're dropping 30K, they're not going to get anything out of it. Yes. And I can tell you that from experience because I did drop 30K. <laughs> and it wasn't necessarily the right fit for me either. So that's important for you too. Like if you're out there and you're like, oh, gee, a coach, like that sounds amazing. Like make sure that person's a really good fit for you. Like that they, like what they have and what they are offering is the fit and something that inspires you and like because inspiration and motivation is a part of it but it's not all of it um but it does have to be like that that thing that resonates deeply in your soul because I, from experience that's how i went bankrupt i left that part of it out like i went bankrupt because i you so i feel like intuitively like dropped me right there rich <laughs> uh, because like, I was like, you know, all I wanted was the success. Like I wanted to bite into that success sandwich and I was going to do whatever it took to get there. Um, and, and that, and my ADHD, like marketing for me, like when I get into those situations where someone's really good at marketing for most of us, not, not just me, but I'm impulsive. So not only is like if I'm in a place where there's really good marketing, I have impulses that I'm like, I'm that I'm doing that. Like, I want that. I'm going to get that. I'm doing that thing. And oh, OK, you got to go out there. Sorry, we got interrupted. That's OK. <laughs> um, so I'm, you know, in this space of. I lost my train of thought, so I'm backtracking. <laughs> All right, we'll just kind of walk it back. We were, um, you know, talking about you know, the whole marketing. impulse yeah. marketing. marketing. So when that marketing is really good, and I'm like, I'm gonna take a bite out of that success sandwich, and it's gonna taste amazing, then I'm making a decision that might not be the decision that I should make. Like that, that's right for me. And so I always like now I have this 48 hour rule where I wait 48 hours, then I make my decisions. But in that case, when I went to the place for the 30K, it was amazing marketing and they were good coaches. I'm not like I'm not dissing them at all. It just wasn't the best fit for me. It wasn't the the program you know, wasn't the best for me. 
And that's okay because not every coach out there can help you. And right, and if you're a coach, you can't help every single person. We have the people who are attracted to us. That's why I love attraction marketing and um, and like organic marketing because I want to be with people who are like, yes, I really enjoy you and I can learn from you and I, you know, I want to be vulnerable when I'm around you rather than like, oh, this program is the best program. I don't know, you know, like it might not be that way for every single person on the planet. So for me, I learned the hard way. I jumped into that 30K program thinking that I had a lot of high expectation. I wasn't necessarily ready to be coached in the ways that they were coaching. So, and my business, it was a business mentorship. And so, and my business wasn't at the level where it could kind of be coached in their program, if that makes sense. And so I made a choice that wasn't the best choice for me. And I can, I can now say I had to heal through some stuff like anger around all of that. But I like at this point, it's like water under the bridge. I'm actually grateful that that happened because it taught me a huge lesson. And without that, I, I probably wouldn't be here talking about unsubscribe. I, you know, I wouldn't be living in Hawaii. I don't know what, where I would be or what I would be doing. Maybe I'd still be having, running my former business and, you know, not helping people in the truest and whole capacity that I could help people. I, I don't want to say that I need it to be bankrupt and homeless, but I learned a lot from being bankrupt and homeless um, that I don't know I would have learned any other way. I'm very stubborn too. So I learned by, um, you know, just fire basically. I mean, I'm from Philly, so. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> You know, we, we've had losing sports teams for <laughs> ever. I, you know, it's the wins you can count on one hand. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm from near Boston. I don't really know what that means. <laughs> Actually, I, I lie because my childhood was nothing like how it, like, yeah. my childhood was very similar. I, yeah. you know, I would, I would be watching a Patriots game. You know, in my college dorm with like three buddies from my hometown. And yeah. these are the years they were like winning two games a year. And people would walk by and be like pointing at us and laughing at us. And, you know, <laughs> there was plenty of leg room on the bandwagon. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> um, I'm just going to go back to when I, we got interrupted. So mm -hmm. it was such a funny moment because <laughs> I my three-year-old bust open the door and then the, the almost two-year-old was like right behind him. And they were both like with these little eyes, like, what are you doing in there? And that moment where the, the man um, on the BBC, I can't remember who he was. And he was like, uh, like he didn't have pants on. And so he couldn't get up and like shut the door and his kid bust in. And then his wife had to come in and get the kid. Oh, man. <laughs> That's basically what just happened. <laughs> that my ADHD was like not gonna let that um, let that go. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> That's all right. You're welcome. Hey, you know what? We all gotta. Yeah. 
it's in the imperfections that you know things happen. I mean, you know, what is perfect anyway? You know, nothing. There's no. It's perfect is an illusion, right? Like it just doesn't exist. It no. really, yeah. There's. I've I've definitely worked through a lot on perfection, and here's the thing too. Like here's a story I had for myself with ADHD. I didn't think that um, I was a high achiever. And like, of course I was a high achiever. Like most people with ADHD are like, we're like working double time, sometimes triple time, like, you know, getting shit done. Um, And like all the beautiful ways that we've learned to help ourselves. And man, when I realized I was a high achiever, I was like, what? <laughs> tell me, tell me more. It was like in a therapy session. And I was like, tell me more about how I'm a high achiever. I want to hear about this. <laughs> right? Um, and when I saw it, I was like, whoa, that's a story of perfection of like what I think is perfect. And wow, like how much space have I held in my life for that? Um, and when we're holding space for those things that don't exist, how much stuff we miss out on sometimes, you know, like they're laying on the couch like a queen. <laughs> right. And, you know, that whole trying to find the perfect moment to, you know, you know to start a project or, you know, yeah. create a, you know, create a program or start a show. You know, there is, you know, the perfect time is when you actually go and do it. That's and, right. you know, and it, you know, and in and of itself, it's about the journey of it. It's not about the results. No matter how much the world tries to tell you differently, and it likes to try to tell you differently. That's so true. And, you know, how many people get, how many inventions, how many different things got derailed because somebody said this is stupid or how many shows got, you know, derailed right away because, you know, nobody watched it the first six weeks. I mean, yeah. And the stories you tell yourself when that happens, I mean, I, here's the thing, like, you know, I've unsubscribed from a lot of my stories, not all of them. I still have stories. I'm, you know, I'm a human. Um, but the things that I've like my biggest story of being unworthy of being, you know, not good enough, they become, it's not that they go away. They just don't have the power that they used to anymore. So you get to this place where you're like, okay, I'm listening. I hear you. But it's just it's not hitting me right in the same way as it used to. It's not in the control tower anymore. It's not jumping into the driver's seat and saying, all right, this is where we're going. Um, it, you know, you're able to kind of see it and acknowledge it, give it a hug and, and let it let it go um, in that moment. And, you know, you, you got to hold on to your dreams. And really, I mean, I don't know. Like, what were your dreams when you were a kid? Like, what did you, what did you want? Oh, gosh. When I was little, 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 
it was oddly enough, it was that I wanted to, you know, if the things I would do all the time were write, draw, and pretend I'm doing radio. And, you know, the writing, I used to like, you know, write different stories. I had these like, you know, like my life was like a constant, you know, I was constantly creating these like fantasy worlds with like these different characters and like things that would just kind of like, you know, web off and like, like no five-year-old should be, you know, having like all these offshoots of all this crazy stuff. But like, that's where my mind that's goes. And I was happier in my own world than I was dealing with my peers. I was, and I, you know, so I had a lot of that going. And also um, it just so happened that, you know, my parents happened to be friends with people that worked in local radio stations. Mm. So, you know, there was, there was like an event or like a staff cookout or stuff like that. We would end up getting, you know, you would get hooked into it. Um, and oh, I was just like enamored with it. And I really, you know, like I created, like I had like, you know, a couple of different toys and I turned one thing into a microphone and I turned another thing into a switchboard and I was just talking to people and, you know, and, you know, in my mind, people were talking to me and then eventually it was kind of like, all right, um, you need to knock it off and go throw a football around now, son. Um, so. Yeah. That conditioning, right? Like that we have to be the certain way. Yeah. Of like, okay, like now that's enough. That's enough of that. <laughs> and now look at your your passions and your life. You're so good at at hosting and and writing. I know that's something that you're doing as well, right? It was. And yeah, like I kind of got, you know, you know, talked out of that. And you know, one of the things I was always taught, you know, when I was going through high school and college was you're a terrible writer. You write mm -hmm. the way you talk. Like you need to avoid anything that involves writing. Really? Because you're so bad at you're like you know people would tell me I was like the worst writer in like the history of ever, so I learned to avoid anything that involved like I would drop classes, I would take zeros, I would, <laughs> and you know I got to the point where you know there's a point in college where I wouldn't start writing for a, until I had a six pack in me. Wow! Because the anxiety wouldn't come down enough until I was able to do that. Yeah. And what's writing like for you now? What do you, how's that? Now, and it was kind of like, it was one of those things where I kind of got forced into it. I know I had a really good therapist that, you know, called me out on my bullshit one day and I was bucking her and being a pain in the ass in a session and dodging her questions. And she's like, all right, well, then go write about it and bring it in next week. And then I like, I went into like freak out mode. I'm like, I can't do that. I suck at this. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the numbers of like, of like all 70 of my teachers that told me how terrible I was. And she's just like, no, no. Yeah. You're going to go and you're going to do it and you're going to bring it in. And I'm going to actually make sure the receptionist knows that you can't cancel your appointment. And if you no show, I'm going to send the cops to your house. <laughs> Fine. And, but you know what? I kind of, I hadn't been hard. And then I started and then I went into a role. Mm. And, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, I 
the stuff came out and I felt really good about it. But I was just kind of like, all right, I'm going to give this to her. She's going to see how terrible I was. She's going to come up with another plan next week. And she looks at it. She just goes, she looks at me dead. And she goes, you're really good. And I'm just kind of like, I'm paying you to say that. And I, I couldn't take the feedback. I just, I couldn't yeah. take it. And yeah. so we kept doing it. And like the third or fourth week in, I had written something. And she started crying. Mm. Like, wait a minute. Hold on. Like, I, I'm kind of a pro at this. I know this is, no, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the patient. I'm the one that's supposed to be crying about some crazy shit. It's not supposed, no, that, wait, hold on. And then from there, I finally started getting the confidence to start, you know, putting some stuff on my pages. And then it really, like, my inbox would blow up of people being like, this is me. This is me. And this is me. And then I kind of started building up. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, you know, I have, you know, website and I have a book and I have all this other stuff. And now it's kind of like, that's my thing. That's like everything yeah. starts. Like I do a lot of videos and I do a lot of this stuff now, but everything starts with that mindset. I have to think it through as a writer. I have to write it out before. You know, I can, I can process it. Yeah, that's amazing. That is like true proof of you know when you ditch that story, and it's not easy. Like the fact that it wasn't like cognitively, we know these things. We know like on some level, okay, this isn't good for me. But that trauma gets stored in our bodies. It becomes a part of like the way our brain is wired. And so, you know, we have to do some of the work, unfortunately, to untangle it and unravel it and be able to look at it and sit with it in the room and say, okay, I know why you're here. And thank you for all of the love and support that you tried to give me. But I don't need this anymore. I don't need you to keep me safe like this anymore. Right. Because your brain was like, all right, I'm just going to keep rich safe like we're just gonna keep you safe we're gonna keep you from that place of um hurt and pain and you know sometimes that's our shadow and our critic and also too that's that conundrum that's that now it's people you know they're so desperate to be seen and to be heard but also on the other hand what's their biggest desire it's also their biggest fear. Absolutely. And ultimately, this is kind of why I, you know, it's why I do what I do and why I talk about what I talk about. Yeah. And why I, I bring it. people on with all these different voices that can, you know, help to you know, have all the tools and all the talent to kind of, you know, hit those points for people. Hey, this can be me. I, I've been there. And I've, you know, you know somebody will, you know, watch this, even if, you know, if it takes like six or eight months, they're going to be like, holy crap, I relate to Dre's story, and I can and, you know, they can do that. Why the hell can't I? Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's the thing, right? Like, I think both of us have that vibe where if if we can do it, we have this mindset of, if we can do it, then you can 
you know, you can get here too. Like you can do it too. And that we're all in it together, right? It's a process. And it's, and that it's not like a hierarchy of like, oh, I'm here and you're here. It's like this very equal, like, um, way of seeing things. And that's, that's one of the things that I really appreciate about you is you have like a super down to earth vibe and you're just like an amazing, like very open person. It's really easy to talk to you. It's really easy to be on your show and, um, and to be in your presence and to be in your group and to read the things that you read because I can relate to so much of it. Like you're not, there's nothing there where you're like, oh, this is, this is my phone voice. <laughs> and like, you never get to the real rich, you know, like, of course we all have like different layers of ourselves where like we have our like more professional like person. Um, and then like our family person, like our family right. see like the, the, the relax, take your hair down, whatever. Everybody has that. But I really appreciate like how much of your realness that you bring to the table and to the world because it's so powerful and so amazing. And just in the short amount of time that I've gotten to know you, like, uh, that's incredible. And I didn't know that about your, like, you had that story about your writing. And so to me, that's just even so much more, makes you so much more incredible. Like that, that was, you know, one of the biggest hurdles that you've, have well I at least I'm a, maybe assuming but a big hurdle that you had to jump over to to get to where you are now that's beautiful it's much appreciated and it's you know it's an honor to have you know somebody who has you know you know that has all these stories and can really relate like I can really see how you would really relate to your clients incredibly well because you know, you know what it's like to be, you know, as you put it yourself, on that floor. You know what that feels like. You know what, you know, you know what work it entails to take those steps back up. So you know how you can hold, you know, you can have, hold that container for somebody who's, you know, you know, going up. You can, you know when to hold the mirror. And you know yeah. when to hold the spotlight, and you know when to hold the ladder at the bottom so they don't, you know, sway as they're climbing. Exactly. And yeah. I'm looking at the clock, and I know um, you're a little under the gun. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to change gears a little bit, and um, we're going to do a couple, you know, you know, a little rapid fire lightning round with some silly questions. All right, I love first, silly questions. First answer that comes up. All right. <laughs> it's like the Rorschach. Yeah, it's, uh, and I say this with apologies to Lewis Howes and apologies to James Lippin. <laughs> but if you could jump into a time machine of your choice and go back to one event and you can go and see it in person, an experience in person, what would it be? Um, Martin Luther King's I Had a Dream Speech. Nice. Yeah. Um. What's the one thing that if you don't experience it or get it, your whole day goes right off track? Meditation. <laughs> That's a big one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
it even if you know places with drive throughs aren't your thing anymore, is there still one that you go by and you kind of just like, yeah, I, I can't turn, I can't turn, I can't do this. Checkers. I wish I think it's rallies in some other places. In Philly, it's checkers, or it was. <laughs> nice. Um, um, doesn't happen. You know, any era. Um, a sitcom family you'd like to be adopted by. Mm. The Goldbergs. <laughs> nice one. Good one. What brings joy? Oh, my kids, my family, the beach. Yeah. What brings peace? I think doing this work, doing, you know, um, my heart feels so fulfilled and peaceful and zen, like when I'm able to help people. So teaching and coaching definitely bring me peace. What brings hope? Uh, teaching young people. Yeah. That's mine too. And last question is, what is the one thing you want people to think of first when they see you or think about you? The cosmic Zen squirrel. <laughs> nice. I, I love that, by the way. Cosmic Zen squirrel. It's the brain baby. I don't know. It was like, poof, it was there. <laughs> Unsubscribed is the name of her program. And you can connect with Dre at spirituallyawakened.com. Um, she's also on Facebook and the gram. These are the addresses here. And they're going to be in the introductions for both the podcast and the YouTube. And also, I'm go I am at beaconroad.net. Um, if you're so inclined, my Patreon is Beacon Road. And I'm also on the usual suspects, the Twitter, the, the Graham, and the Zuckerbook. And Dre, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much. This was super fun. I don't know how 50 minutes has gone by. This was amazing. Thank you. And thanks to everybody who watched. You're welcome. You take care. And thank you all for you know, all those who stopped by live and all those who will on the replay. Um, our most, you know, we talk about money and we talk about stuff, but our most important, you know, our, the most important thing we have is time. Time is limited. And the fact that you spent 50 minutes hanging out with us, it's an honor. Thank you. Be safe, be well, and take care. Mm -hmm.